Hi, I'm Bink and I have Turner Syndrome. That makes me a butterfly. We have a very special edition. Yes, this episode is late and I've skipped a week. Deal with it. Love you. Anyway, (laughs) I have a very special guest. Um, Her name is Corey and we've been friends for, oh my gosh, how long have we been friends for? Seven years. Seven years. Oh, wow. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a question and answer interview and go into infertility issues. Um, and mind you, if you hear screaming, crying, giggling, and random noises in the background, that is the beautiful princess Brianna who is here. She is almost, she's nine months old. I was going to say yesterday. She's nine months old. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It's going too fast. I know, she's so big now. <laughs> Sorry, if you hear that in the background, that's just Princess Brianna and um yeah, that's that's that. She does what she wants. She does do what she wants. She is baby. <laughs> Alright. Uh thank you and we'll get into the interview. Okay. She wants to be everywhere. <laughs> She's decided that she wanted to be picked up and she demanded attention. So that's something that we've had to do immediately, of course, because we are at her whim. Um, (laughs) First question, though. um, On your first impression of me, did you notice any behaviours or other indicators that there was something different? Nothing that would have indicated, like, a chromosome difference like no no turners or anything like that um i noticed that you were small <laughs> yeah yeah tiny so the short stature yes, yeah but like that's not that weird no people are short um, yeah and yeah like i i've said i've noticed your um autism more than anything else like i i noticed you have bursts of loudness and you struggle sometimes with certain social situations but nothing that would have indicated anything off right yep yep i mean that's that's physically you wouldn't know physically yeah i i am quite lucky in on on the terms that because i am mosaic some of the typical features of turners uh such as the webbed neck um and i don't have or the um the really like puffy feet I don't tend to get that unless I walk a lot if I walk a lot my feet just decide to balloon because they want to oh, that sounds fun. yeah um but you know generally I've, I've been quite lucky with that the thinning hair has been something that I've been self-conscious with recently yeah I mean you you had that a couple of years ago as well where it was yeah it had peaked and then it got better and it's come back again more recently yeah um it does seem to come and go with just flare-ups for you it's weird isn't yeah it, it is um although I, like the thing is it's one of those things that i never would have noticed on you until you pointed it out to me yes like it's never been really bad no it hasn't no. and you do like because it's something you're self-conscious about you've always styled your hair in ways that you would never know yes so yeah, the it's cal- terrible the curling iron and yeah the the curling iron and dry hair shampoo has been my best friend to try and make it look like more voluminous um so the next question um what were your first thoughts when i told you about turners 
Um, I reckon when you first started telling me about things like the Tanners and everything, it was when we were having our pool catch-ups. Oh, so that's right. You had, um, like, so I, I kind of known you had Tanners, but I hadn't really delved into it. I hadn't looked into what it was. We hadn't really had a discussion about it yet. Yeah. We both had crappy knees and decided to do our pool exercises together. I really feel like that was the pinnacle that was of a our bonding of, point of our us. friendship. Bonding over mutual brokenness. This, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was those conversations in the pool where I had the chance to be like, what the hell is it? Yeah, like, exactly. And yeah. that was when you told me that, you know, it was a chromosome thing and I like, <laughs> oh, hello, Brianna. Oh, darling. I like, I had to shift my entire mental opinion on like a chromosome disorder as well because like it's not something that I'd encountered in anyone before. Yeah. So like it, it just opened my mind up to a whole bunch of different things that, yeah. you know, can be wrong for people that um, are invisible. Exactly, and it's such a big impact on your life. With especially like with those conversations at the pool, we we went through so many things. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've come out of my infertility problems quite well, <laughs> <laughs> but like yours is such a, a like it's a big thing. For yeah, you. and like as someone who's such a like kids are such a big part of your identity, like it is. Like, that was probably the part that just emotionally hit me the hardest. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, it emotionally hit my parents as well. I can imagine when they first find it, like, especially for your mum. She, like, she's always wanted to be a grandma. Yeah. Always wanted to be a grandma. And, um, you know, that was the biggest thing that hit her when I had my diagnosis when I was nine. And she said... She said to me that, because I was only a kid, she hid it very well, but she would often um, hide in her room and have, like, fits of crying and things like that while she was trying to adjust well, with it's, it. It's her little girl. Yeah. And she had so I'm her only daughter, exactly. too. Yeah. And she'd so. spent so long, you know, dealing with knowing that you were unwell and fighting for answers and then getting the answer and it being that. Yeah. Like, I it's, mean, it's great that you've, you know, now been able to, you know, take care of your health because you know what it is and you 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 know you got on hormones early to help with things i was very fortunate to be able to get on growth hormone early too because otherwise i would be even more of a i would be even more of a tiny bonk but um (laughs) so you know and and you know one thing that is also exhausting is that as soon as you meet someone the first thing that they tend to mention is my height i mean i mean the thing is like you're you're definitely like it's a defining feature of you is that you are tiny s- small but like it's not small to a point that it's weird like you're just the short one in the group yeah 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 i mean we we enjoy playing D and D a a lot and that's why i like to embrace my tininess and always play like the gnome the gnome, <laughs> the gnome and i just I, I love that and then you you know being one of the taller ones of the group you like playing the orc i enjoy being a barbarian <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and you know what? Large and loud. That's right, and you know what? A true D and D team has you know people of a all shapes variety. and sizes. A good variety. That's right. You need the healer. You need the brains. You need the the brawn. You know, you need a variety of people, and there is a variety of people out there. But um, oh man, I tell you what, 
it, it does get exhausting though when people come up and go, oh, gee, you're short. And it's like, you don't even... Really? I never noticed. I, I'm shocked, really? <laughs> I didn't know this about myself when I look at, in the mirror every day. Whoa. <laughs> Are you sure I don't just live in a world of giants? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like that sometimes. <laughs> Especially when um, my older brother used to bring over all his friends. and They, were they all, are so tall. They were all so tall. And I'm like, oh, how's the weather up there? Oh, darling. Oh, darling. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, are we good? No. We might want our bottle. Oh, yes. It's Yeah, we'll, we'll go grab that. We're going to take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Okay, now that Princess Brianna is settled with her food, uh, <laughs> um, what is it like having a friend with Turner Syndrome? Like, do you find it's different to being friends with someone who doesn't have medical issues? I mean, it's, it's really easy to forget until something pops up. Like, yeah. um, you do have a lot of appointments for things. And you do occasionally have just like bouts of, bouts of being unwell that pop up. Yeah, yeah. And like then you're like, oh, that's right, because because this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or you know, like it's so easy to forget that you've got any issues, and then doing things like um, you know, just talking about the future and babies and stuff, and then you have to be like that's going to be really hard oh yeah like, it's just one of those things where you don't think about it until you actively think about it yeah um and yeah it's, it's you know it's something that i'm mindful of like <laughs> especially having you know a, a new little one and everything like i was well aware of the um like, I, I know that you're incredibly happy for me, but having had friends that have had kids while I've been struggling in the past, I know what it's like. Yeah. It's an emotional turmoil that you just can't describe. No. And, like, that's something you've had to go through with so many of your friends. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, you're such a good, supportive friend, especially, like, bringing in like <laughs> <laughs> I'm also aware of that as like an issue like emotionally for you so it's not so much anything that like it doesn't affect our friendship or anything it doesn't change our friendship or anything but like with any friendship like it's just one of those things that I keep in mind like I'm mindful that it's a it could be an emotional sore point for you and it's something that I'm always you know, aware of yeah um and like if you'd ever come to me and said that you know you needed to talk about something or that something was hard for you it's not something that i would be you know i would understand it because you've been through it well not, not i mean obviously not what you're going through but like, I, I i would it's not something that i forget about yeah but it's also not something that i actively think about yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, you, you've had your own fertility issues and you've had your own struggles when it comes to that. Um, and having Brie is kind of, for me, I'm looking at it as hope. Oh, and that's that, so lovely. That's, that's how I see her and that's why she is so special to me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> it is hard. Um, yeah. But it's, you've got to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I try and really look at things in a positive way. Um, 
the only thing I think that I guess frustrates me is that you know at at our point I struggle to work because of my health and because of what's going on with Jonathan as well um we're really trying to change things there and he has been doing you know interviews and making a lot of progress with his mental health but at the same time struggling with that struggling to work and then trying to have money to go through IVF and all of that in the first place like we haven't even got our own house constant uphill battle it is it's like an uphill battle while you're trying to push a boulder you know and I tell you what that boulder rolls down and squishes me sometimes well it's because you're (laughs) always aware of what you want and you know that so much of it is financial like it's it's I mean I I get that money doesn't buy happiness but money buys comfort and security and so much ease that you can be happy. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't want materialistic things. I just want to live without stressing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I don't I don't want a lot of materialistic things. I just want a nice, stable, comfortable home. And I want a family. You know, and simple things. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't need my own home theater. I don't need my own elevator. You know, <laughs> I don't need, you know, uh, 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 I don't need a pool. I don't even need a pool. I don't need any of that. I just want simplicity. I want a yard and that, you know, and the yard is so that the children or, well, yeah, that they can run, they can play. Garden. We can have a veggie garden. We can have chickens and the kids can help me with the chickens because, oh, my God, name a toddler that doesn't want to go and collect eggs. Like... I maintain that we all need to move out to the middle of nowhere and just start up a community farm and ignore the rest of the world. <laughs> but somehow that's going to cost more money than I can even deal with. So. Exactly. And also there is the possibility of that, of, of people thinking that it's some kind of cult. You know what? I'm okay with other people thinking I'm in a cult if I get to live like that. <laughs> It will. Oh, actually, that's not a bad idea. No. <laughs> because, because screw people. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. Just just hide away from the world. We need the biggest solar panels. We need the yeah. biggest water tanks and just go off grid entirely. Yeah, that's, that's where, you know, all of our money can get us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brianna agrees. Yeah, Brianna <laughs> does agree. Hey. I think when you get older, Brianna, you would love to help Aunty Bink with the chickens. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the gardens. Yeah. And your mum can, can grow her her uh, pumpkin and avocado. Way more zucchini than anyone ever thinks we'll need, but somehow I'll still eat it all. We'll still use it. Be like, what are we having for dinner? And more zucchini. Zucchini noodles again. <laughs> it's the best vegetable. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) when it comes to fertility issues, what are some of the things that you've come across that you're comfortable talking about? Uh, I mean, with you or with me? With you. With me. I mean, I mean, mine are an open book. Um, I mean, I... I, I mean, I get pregnant easily, so it's not so much... 
I don't even know what to call mine. It's staying pregnant that's been hard. And it was always um, a combination of me having a overactive immune system and um, a rhesus negative blood type. So my body was, I was getting pregnant, I was having healthy pregnancies up until 12 weeks, and then my body was attacking the placenta, babies weren't getting any nutrients, and then I was having second trimester losses because the babies weren't growing and yeah. my placenta was dying. Um, so my, my issue was entirely my, my body attacking my pregnancies. Um, it does suck that when you have you know is, issues like loss, even if they're like further along in the pregnancy, they're not like a standard miscarriage. You have to have three of them before they look into a reason why. And I think that that period of my life was probably the hardest because my first one I was 23. Yeah. Um, so, and I was 12 weeks for that one. And, you know, they just told me that it was normal. Sometimes it happens. Like, the first one you can lose. Um, and I was like, okay. Like, it, it sucked. It, it hurt a lot. But, you know, you, you accept what they tell you. Yeah, um, exactly. And then... By the second pregnancy, I was like, awesome, this is going to be amazing, this is going to be a rainbow baby, and then, you know, 12 weeks comes along again, and there's another one, and you're like, this isn't, something's not right, and like... You know your body too, like, if you, if you, you get instinctual, um, feelings, it, I feel well, like. I think that the hardest part was, because of how I was having the losses, I didn't just miscarry. I had the babies. Oh, you're fine. I had um, them die and then not miscarry. So I had to have all of mine medically. Oh, medically removed. removed. Yeah. Oh. So um, the first one I had DNC, um, but I first had um, the um, the pill version of it. Um, so that didn't work the first time I it took didn't it. work no, so I did it one night it didn't work I stayed in another night did it again it didn't work and then the third night they did the DNC was that so extremely painful because you would get the cramping you get the cramping um, I, I referred to it as blood fest 2013 because oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's what it felt like it's oh. just an entire like it was it was a lot um, and like because it's done in a hospital. They collect all of what comes out of you. So oh. you're like, anytime you're bleeding, they have like a pan that they collect all the blood from to, you know, see that you've passed everything. So they want to see, you know, clots and they want to see that a fetus has come out. So they assess it. Oh um, my so you're constantly aware of how much is coming out of you. And it is, it's a lot. It, <laughs> It's definitely an experience. Oh, wow. Um, so how do they collect it in the pan? Do you just have to like lay over the pan? Um, so when you're in, in bed, you're wearing pads. But when you like, it's almost like you can feel a, a, a rush of something. Oh, okay. So you, so you feel it coming out. run to the bathroom and you'd pass a few clots and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. It was an interesting I mean, this was 10 years ago, <laughs> but 
Yeah. It was it was a time. Um, and yet by the second one, I had said that I didn't want to do the pill again. Like I was just like, no, it's not happening. I didn't want it the first time. It was a nightmare. Just do the surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I ended. I've had three DNCs, and I've had the um, pill to get rid of the the rest of what's in me a fair few times because. I think the fourth one, I, the fourth loss I had was that I, I did end up going with the, the pill for it. And then the fifth loss was one where I had, um, it was far enough along that I had to give birth. Yeah, that was so, your, your stillborn. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, that was probably definitely the hardest one. Um, and I think that because that was probably the point where I learned that it was my placenta because I, I obviously everything came out how it normally would during a um a labor a labor yeah but small um so I got to hold my baby and I got yeah. to see the placenta and it was mottled it was like so many different colors and so it, you didn't feel like it looked right it oh it didn't look right like the nurses knew it didn't look right I knew it didn't look right like you could see, like my baby looked perfect and that placenta was wrong. Wow. Um, so I knew that that was what the problem was. Um, mm. And they knew that that was what the problem was pretty much when that one happened. So, I mean, it's, in some ways I'm really, like all of the, all of the losses I've had led to me working out what was wrong with my body yeah. and having Brianna. Um, even though that pregnancy was a nightmare, yeah. my body just doesn't like being pregnant. You can just, get pregnant, it just doesn't like it. Yeah, um, just decided to scare the crap out of us again. Yeah, you know, That's, it was. The, see, this time the issue wasn't with the baby; it was with mom, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, the issues that were happening to me were my placenta still. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's true. Preeclampsia is the placenta doing what? So like creating it's the placenta demanding more blood, demanding than more what blood it needs. needs. Yeah. So um, your body pumps tries more blood to, tries to, to it, make which more. ups your blood pressure, and then and then it just keeps asking for more and more and more, and then, and then you then go into organ failure. Exactly. Yay. Um, and then obviously all the other things that happen. That. But yeah, I was really lucky with Brianna that you know she got to the point she did that she's healthy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with her other than she's a giant pile of beans. Um, <laughs> she's in the wrong thing. It's just you're your daddy's daughter. Um, <laughs> so much energy. <laughs> so much energy. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have her if I hadn't had all of the. Well, I mean, if I'd left trying for kids until I was in my 30s I wouldn't have known all of the problems I had I wouldn't have had the support I had during my pregnancies because I had so many more scans with Brianna than what I've had before I had extra medications I had I was gonna say do, what did they put you on extra <laughs> extra medication um, they started me on a, the rhesus negative injection early so that's good um, the the um, my understanding is the rhesus negative injection helps, it, it, it injects you with the, um, the negative blood factor, so she's just kicking. <laughs> um, so it, it makes your body think that the pregnancy is a negative 
like a, like a rhesus negative pregnancy. Uh-huh. So it tricks your body into thinking that what's in there isn't uh-huh. bad. Right. And no, how could anyone think that you're bad? And I'm pretty right? sure, I can't remember what her blood type is, but I'm pretty uh-huh. sure she is actually a, a rhesus negative blood type. So it helps that her blood type is actually negative as well. So do you think that's why? I think that's why hers uh-huh. worked so is, well and got so far. And I, I, yeah. Because um, there wasn't the um, the positive blood in mine to confuse my body. body. <laughs> you are just a bloody miracle. That's what you are. <laughs> yeah. She does. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Arnie Bink will get her miracle one day. She will. Yeah. Your mum had to go through that and Arnie Bink has to go through so many needles so many needles with IVF yeah and the procedure itself apparently is quite painful the actual the actual implantation is apparently quite painful well, that sounds fun yeah well as far as I'm aware like you're awake and they they get right up to obviously your your cervix See, I already know um what the egg collection surgery is like I don't know what the actual implantation one is like well I don't think I'm going to have to go through the egg collection surgery because I don't have any but Uh, yeah of course so you'd need a donut egg I would need a donut egg yeah Um, I've had so much support and I've had a few beautiful people in my life offer Uh, yeah well that's one, one area where my blood type actually might benefit you because I'm O-negative I'm compatible with everyone that's true there you go yeah um but we need to look into that more I I am you are just so to give you a uh visual of what's going on right now is Corey's holding little Brianna and her her legs are just going to town and kicking mum just yeah. yeah, I keep on saying you're gonna be a swimmer. You're gonna be a swimmer when you get older. Look she at does that. Like the water. Yeah, yeah. Do but you, you go on the floor and play. But yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it all works. Um, but I know that next by next February we'll be in the fertility clinic. Um, and I'll be undergoing all the necessary testing, all the necessary therapies and fertility therapies to um, find out what we can actually do. Um, they've found one ovary, like one side, in an ultrasound, and it looked majority formed, which was okay. interesting. So but does that mean you could have eggs? I might have eggs, but because I'm postmenopausal, they're dead. Okay basically um but they they might want to do an egg collection just to do some testing um i know that i don't ovulate because obviously i I never naturally got my period yeah um the good news is is that i have had surgeries to investigate my womb and that was that's perfectly fine perfectly healthy in fact they did find a cut but that was when i was 16 and since it's healed so um yeah, because turners can affect the size and shape of your womb too, can't it? Correct. Yeah, sometimes uh, women are, are with turners are born without one at all. 
Like it's just an empty space. And yours is a normal shape. And... Normal shape. Uh, it's on the small side, but not um, to the point of where it's not viable. That's really good. So, um, yeah, and I've got one side of the ovaries that started to develop, but one side that didn't. Um, well, they couldn't find... I think they found my right ovary, but they couldn't find my right ovary. Left it. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they found one side, but not the other. They will eventually be doing MRIs to okay. see if they can actually find more about what's going on. Um, I must be so insane knowing that, like, internally there's things that are different, but you have, like, I mean, it's your body, but you can't know until they, like look inside you <laughs> oh I'm, I'm gonna say it was the weirdest experience um going in for my first ever abdominal ultrasound um that was because i was having a lot of pain and they they were looking and they were looking and they were looking and they were looking and the ultrasound tech just freaked out and was like she literally dropped the the um the machine and she went i'm gonna go get a doctor and i'm like what? that sounds promising i know i'm like great thank you for you know filling me with anxiety like is there something wrong do i need emergency surgery am i going to hospital right now what's going on um and you know your mind especially when you've been in medical facilities your whole life you get medical anxiety and yeah. it just oh you're triggered <laughs> you're triggered hashtag triggered um she comes in and she says to the doctor, I can't find her ovaries. And I'm like, oh, is that all? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have those. I don't have those. It's fine. Is that all it is? She goes, oh. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was only 16. I was only 16. Completely didn't think to mention to her that I don't have, I ovaries. Don't have ovaries. And here she is, like, she's like, freaking out and I'm like oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I don't have those that's fine that's actually a relief to hear that that's all it was um like I already knew that one. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I mean it, it was kind of a confirmation which was like you know cool um you know it wasn't just something that you know I dreamt up in the past it's actually there like hello it's still a thing it doesn't just magically grow um but you know, it, it was it was hell going through hormone therapy too when I first started that. Like, I was, like, the amount of bleeding that I was doing when I first got on those hormonal patches, oh, my God, Corey. Like, you're, talk, like, uh, you're talking clots um, and, like, I would fill a tampon and a super pad. Yeah, that's insane. I would, yeah, I would fill a, a tampon and a super pad in a couple of hours. So the, the ones they put you on when you were, like, going through what would have been puberty for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, is that, the, like, the exact same ones that they use for menopause? Or was it a specific designed one for someone like you? It's, the, it's the same hormones. Um, mine are administered through a patch. Um, but, you know, it's basically the pill. You know, um, yeah. yeah, it's basically the pill. So it's your estrogen and pedestrian. Pet, that, that other one that starts with a P um, that I can never, ever pronounce, um, no matter how many times I hear it. 
Um, and what happened with me was because I have that little bit of an ovary, yes, I don't have enough to give me uh, puberty or a period or anything like that. I have a low level of natural hormone production. And what was happening was because they didn't test for that. It was interacting. It was interacting. And so I was overproducing estrogen. And then what ended up happening was I started to, because of that, started to grow a fibroid. And it was getting bigger the longer I was staying on, like, the hormone medications and it wasn't going away. And then the, I guess the good thing but frustrating thing at the same time is they found the fibroid in the ultrasound, sent me in to get the marina in and to do a biopsy of the fibroid that was supposedly there. The weird thing is by the time, because I was off of the hormones, by the time I went in for the surgery, the fibroid was gone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, cool. I went through surgery for nothing. I could have just gone off the hormones. But at the same time, going off the hormones isn't great either because that's why I ended up with stage two liver disease. Because believe it or not, your liver actually needs estrogen to function. And I had no idea that that's what it was. I had the doctors telling me that it was my weight, it was my weight, it was my weight, it was my weight. No. It was, yeah, my weight's probably not helping the fact. Yeah, it's it like it's one of those things that can exacerbate a problem. Yeah, it isn't the, the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like one of those things that it's it's a, like a holistic problem, like it's a multiple things are wrong. That's right, yeah. It's like, it's like my blood sugars that I've been going through right now. Like I'm at the point of, um, I've seen my endocrinologist and I'm at the point of pre-diabetes, but it's, <gasps> yes, I know, darling. It's so close to turning into diabetes that I'm getting what's called um, reactive hypos. So my blood sugar is spiking and my pancreas is overreacting to the spike because it's kind of like at the end of its, well, and it's overshooting the estrogen and giving me too much. And then my blood sugars are going too low and then I'm getting sick and shaky. Fun times. Uh, They've put me on metformin. Uh, which is a drug to control the yeah. spikes in my blood sugars. The GP didn't want to put me on it because of the hypos, but the endocrinologist who's a spe- who specialises in diabetes and the endocrine system recognised that the spikes are caused by the high blood sugars, which correlates to the hypos. So if I don't have those spikes in the blood sugars, then I'm not going to have okay. the high hypos. Yeah. Um, so... That's been good so far. I haven't had any issues since being on the metformin. Um, it's actually reduced my appetite a little bit, which is well, not, yeah, I, I it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. As a diet. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I couldn't believe it. My blood sugars were, uh, my test results were 6.3 and your diabetic at seven, right? So like close. And if I had have been at seven, I would have been diagnosed as diabetic and I would have had access to a lot more yeah. assistance. Um, it's kind of frustrating because I, the way I look at it is wouldn't you want to provide the pre-diabetics... Preventative. Preventative to prevent them from turning diabetic. Um, I mean, they have the metformin, but I don't have access to um, the Ozempeg or anything like that. Um, obviously diabetics should be prioritised. I get that because their condition is way more serious. 
but I think the system needs to change. Um, Before chronic illness happens. happens. Yeah, like you want to prevent it. You want prevention and treatment, not just treatment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's it, it, it's frustrating that I couldn't get on the Ozempeg, but I know that there's a lot more injections and everything coming out that are on the PBS that I want to try because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the weight loss surgery because of the fungo application. Yeah. Um, so... Miss Bree's getting a little unsettled, oh, darling. Oh, oh Bobby. What's the matter? But, yeah, I think um, it's also frustrating because I had the BMI clinic was supposed to contact me. Of course, I never did. Um, the BMI clinic's actually been very frustrating. I had one appointment with them and then they, they ghosted me, went back into the clinic, talked to them about, you know, how I was expecting an appointment and that uh, I was on the wait list and everything and then they ghosted me again. So isn't their wait list like six years long? Um yes, but te- technically I've been on the wait list for three years already. But before I was supposed to be put on the wait list, I was supposed to have a test called a barium swallow. Okay. Um, which is when you swallow this like radioactive like dye. Um that shows how your body reacts to what happens when you swallow. Yeah. And they can actually track it, go through your digestive system. Um, and it's how they diagnose conditions like um, if you're aspirating into your lungs, if you've got severe reflux, things like that. Which are things you've had in the past. A hundred percent. And um, so, you know, this isn't uh, my first barium swallow by all means. I had lots when I was, particularly when I was a child. Um, and they always used to mix Nesquik into it to try, <laughs> yeah, to try and make it more friendly for Palatable. kids. Yeah, and I tell you what, it didn't work. <laughs> they tried, but no cigar. It, it was not nice. Still tastes awful. Still tasted awful. It's like the consistency of wet cement. Oh yeah. It, it, it oh, it's horrendous. It's it was like drinking strawberry cement. <laughs> Great. Um. I don't even get the luxury of the Nesquik this time because I'm an adult. It's a stitch-up. Just bring your own. <laughs> bring my own Nesquik. You know what? Maybe I'll bring banana flavoured in honour of you. <laughs> banana is the essential flavor. Oh, it is. Maybe it might actually make it palatable. Well, um, you might be turned off banana flavoured things forever. Oh, I could be turned off banana flavoured things forever. Really? Well, Brianna's having a debate here. She says that you cannot be turned off banana flavoured things. <laughs> banana for life. Banana for life. That's right. Yeah. Banana Brianna. Yeah. Is is that why your mum called you Brianna? Because it sounds like banana. <laughs> oh, you didn't like that. <laughs> You're my banana. Oh, you are a banana. You are a banana Brianna. I tell you what, I could look at this little girl all day. Um, even when she's crying. Um, but yeah, I really do. I really do think that hopefully they might not be able to do the bypass surgery, but they may be able to do something like the gastric band or the yeah. balloon or something. Because there's a few different kinds of weight loss surgery that they can do which I'm going to have to get done before IVF 
yeah. because they won't. There's a particular BMI that you have to be before they accept you. I have to be under. I think it's. Oh, I don't know, but the last thing that I read was that they won't even look at you if you're over forty BMI, yeah. which I don't particularly agree with BMI because they don't look at the ratio between muscle to fat. Yeah. At all, like I've I've had people who are fit as a fiddle, muscular, like. Like you're talking like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking stuff, and BMI wise, they're BMI wise, they're morbidly obese, yeah. and it's like you could not find a healthier, fitter person. Um, in fact, Arnie would probably be morbidly obese according to his BMI because of his muscle. You That's know, a lot of muscle. It's, he has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's muscle. It's not a tumor. <laughs> It's, it's not a tumor, it's muscle. It's not a tumor. Oh, Brianna found that funny too. <laughs> All right, guys, I think it's time that we flew away. Thank you so much for listening to the interview to one of my bestest, bestest friends and her beautiful daughter, Brianna, um, for her to talk about her fertility issues and my... Uh, issues with Turner syndrome and what it's like being in what being friends with someone that has Turner's um it's pretty cool yeah (laughs) well thank you (laughs) and uh yeah so it's time for us to fly away thank you for listening and I will see you next week Bye. bye